long ago, they tried to make a movie adaptation of season one. And that happened. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Oh my god! <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of our Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch show. Before we even get into it, I want to just thank our producer, Ryan, for that phenomenal intro that she gave it. for us right now. And yes, today we are doing a very special episode. As you guys can see, we are not reviewing an episode from the show, but it is the 10-year anniversary of the live-action adaptation, The Last Airbender, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And since it just uh, happened to coincide, we just finished season one, which is what the movie is based on. So we figured, why not do a review of the movie? So joining me today as always, is our Earthbender, Gunner Texera. Gunner, how are you doing tonight? It's doing absolutely fantastic, and love talking about all things Avatar. Really? You're going to love talking about all things Avatar. I love talking about Avatar. <laughs> all right, so moving on, we have our still newbie. This is the first time he's seen this movie, and he is our local waterbender, Elgin. Elgin, how are you doing today? Um, I, I would say I'm doing great, but after seeing what I just saw, um, I kind of have to just laugh to keep from crying. Listen, do whatever you have to do to keep in the world of Avatar. And not joining us on camera today, but pushing our buttons behind the scenes is our Swamp Bender producer, Ryan Nilsson. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'll, I'll pop on camera real quick. Uh, I'll just say this. Uh, Eric and I actually covered this on Popcorn Talk Network, Guilty Movie Pleasures, yes, the other day. Uh, if you want to hear my thoughts, my thoughts are there. But i um, happy to be with you guys. Uh, it's crazy. It's the 10-year anniversary today, July 1st. This came out in theaters, 2010. Crazy coincidence that happened with this. I'm glad we can make this work, but wow. Uh, so if anyone on the podcast feed... Please give us five stars and, and share your opinion on this movie there, and we will read it out on the next show. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let you guys get back to it. Have an amazing show. Yes, as Ryan said, it is the 10-year anniversary. He and I did talk about this on Guilty Movie Pleasures the other night. And, of course, I am your moderator, Eric Jewell, your local firebender. And, fun fact, I was involved in the making of this movie. I was the photo double for Ang, so I was seen quite a few times in this movie and fun fact that neither elgin or gunner i don't think ryan has seen this yet either is many people have been questioning if i've actually been in this so here's just a little bit more confirmation that i actually was in the film and i do have the actual script for the movie here as well i was reading along with it earlier today when i was watching along with the movie for the fourth time i think in three days so yeah this is this movie really does hold a special right. place for me. It is, yeah, it really does have a great thing for me. I feel like I'm going to be the only one kind of defending this movie today, but we're about to get into that. Elgin and Gunner, are you guys ready to fully go into this movie? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's do something about it. All right. So, Elgin, <laughs> this was your first time watching the movie, correct? Yeah. So, it was also your first time watching the first season. 
What are your overall thoughts just on the movie? Separate it from the show right now. What were your overall thoughts on this as a movie as itself? Um, you know, I felt like the whole plot structure of a movie is usually in three parts, right? And you kind of have good indicators for for you know the beginning, the middle, and the end, you know, the intro of the hero, and then the introducing of the problem, and then the hero said today. And I felt like I didn't get any of that throughout this whole entire movie. I think I've got it a couple of times, but for the most part, the movie and the the acting and um, the parts where it was supposed to be funny, and you could tell that they were trying that, but you didn't really get that. It, it, it really showed. So um, as a movie itself, I I wouldn't watch it again. Like it gave me Percy Jackson vibes. Oh, don't talk, don't talk about that. Ooh, I don't, yeah, I don't, we, I don't, 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 don't go that. there. No, 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 no. We ain't going there. <laughs> well, at least Elgin, Percy right. Jackson was entertaining. But yeah, <laughs> hmm. hot take. So you're there saying, we go. So, so Elgin, you are saying right now off the bat that there was really nothing entertaining about this for you. I mean, I can't even say the CGI. I was about to say the dragon. The dragon CGI was nice. Okay, okay. All right, so <laughs> Gunner, I'm assuming <laughs> Gunner, was this your first time watching the movie? Unfortunately, no. No, that's that's time. what I thought. Yeah. So, Gunner, what are your thoughts on the movie alone separate from the show? What are your thoughts on the movie as a standalone project? Well, the first two opening statements are one course it is separate because we're not going to associate it with the series we're going to associate it by itself yeah secondly i i do give so i've been watching this movie since probably it came out i probably went to see it in theaters mm-hmm. like percy jackson so about 10 years hard yeah you. excited okay hopeful then i left the theaters and never spoke of, of it again like i did with percy jackson anywho i will give it has better qualities than I thought. I'm not going to say it was good, but it had better qualities than I thought it was going to. I thought it was just <laughs> going to be much more downhill than I thought of how much social media loves to um, bag on it, but there were better parts. I will give even, I don't like their effects, but the effects they did use were cool still. Alright, oh. interesting. So, it seems like both of you pretty much have just negative thoughts on the movie. I'm not surprised I am the, I'm not surprised that I am the one who will be defending this movie. Yes, I do agree with you guys that there are many, many faults with it, but mm-hmm. I just completely turn a blind eye to most of them just because of how much fun I had being a part of this movie and just seeing everything that happened. So are you guys ready to start breaking down this movie and talking about what happened and what really is the big differences from the show? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's get into it. So we start off the movie and the first really big major difference that we have is Katara is still giving a voiceover at the beginning of this, but it's a different voiceover than we get from the show. And first off the bat, Gunnar, I already see you're upset with this. And I agree. I think this is a very weird change because the voiceover we get from Katara in the first episode does a fantastic job bringing us up to speed on everything that's happening in the universe, what's been missing, what needs to be known. 
And in this, with this intro, not much is really given to us. And we still have a lot of blank spots later on in the movie that have to get filled in by some added voiceover or just a lot of repeating later on in the movie. So it the show the movie starts off pretty similar to the show. We have Sock and Guitar going and hunting. They find Aang in the ice. His iceberg gets cracked open. Zuko shows up at the Southern uh, Water Tribe. Elgin, I see you smiling a little bit there. Do you have any thoughts on just the first few minutes of this movie? Well, damn, they sure go quick on the first few minutes of this, <laughs> this movie. It, I mean, I don't even know. It just, when I initially watched that first scene of the animated series, it just immediately captured me. And then listening to the the first part and then seeing that, what, what caught me off guard real quickly was like, my brother Soka and I said, Oh, so this oh, is where man. we're going. I said, This is what we're doing today. And <laughs> and it just felt like it today. moved too fast. Like I didn't really get that chemistry that they were brother and sisters. I never really caught on to that. Like if I haven't seen Avatar before, um now, I guess recently, I probably would have gotten the sense that they were friends or something like that. Until so, you know the obviously like, oh we're brother and sisters and stuff like that. So I didn't really get that like sense of um i'm like rooting for these people yet because it was just it was just off right so yeah one thing i would say is that the first 20 minutes of this movie pretty much follow the first 20 minutes of the show but Mm -hmm. the problem is this is a full-length movie they only have about two hours allotted of time and they've taken 20 minutes of it to cover the first 20 minutes of a 10-hour movie the length of the series. So I feel like there's a lot later on that happens that really could have gotten, like, you could have gotten rid of if you wanted the first 20 minutes like this to be as concise as the first 20 minutes of the show really were. So we have Zuko shows up at the Southern Water Tribe, pretty much follows the first episode of the plot from there, really. They take Aang on to his ship. But the another big difference that happens here is that Aang knows the basics of some other bending here. Like you see him uh, bring the flame up a little bit. You have him control a little puddle of water and doing a rock, making it stand up a little bit. I mentioned this on last night's show, Guilty Movie Pleasures. I actually kind of like this change. I think it's interesting that the Avatar already has a little bit of a natural inkling on how to control some of the other elements. Whereas in the show, when Aang is trying to master any other element, he doesn't really have any skill. He's pretty much a new person trying to learn anything. So I thought this was a positive change. Gunnar, I saw you had a little bit of reaction there. What do you think for that? Because I rewatched the second time, I will get into this further along. But when they make mentions of the prisoners, the earth, the earth bending prisoners, they make mentions of machines. And I was thinking about Legend of Korra because I'm a very big Legend of Korra fan. And that also we see with Legend of Korra with Korra first being introduced in the series. She knows how to bend basically more than one element and not just Uh, her her birth element. (laughs) Elgin, that's for a sequel series. We'll get there. No, 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 that is for a sequel series. We will get there in a long time. You are fine. That was good for you to hear. 
Yeah, <laughs> that is nothing that you need to worry about for a while. Yeah, so getting back to it, it still follows pretty much the same plot there. Aang escapes from their ship, and he heads to the southern air temple with Sokka and Katara, excuse me, Soka and Katara. And one thing I really want to point out for this movie, I actually really like the production design in this movie. I really like the look of both of the I'll air temples that. that we go to. I love the look of the northern air te- or of the um, northern water tribe. And Gunner, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I actually really like the effects of bending. Like I think the look of bending in the real world is pretty cool. Granted, it is extremely slow, and it takes them yes. so long to do basic Yo, movements. That's what bugs me about it. I still. Yes, I agree with that. Each time I watch him, just like, uh, that's a simple move that should just be like one move up and something should happen. But I really do think that the visual effects in this movie look really good. Uh, But Gunner, I agree with you. It's just very slow anytime that there is bending. And also, there's not enough bending in this movie. No. That, yeah. When I watched the second I watched it, it bugged me because there, I was like, Yes, obviously Avatar is about benders and they incorporate it and special effects in real life are going to be harder, but they totally took it out. And firebending was produced much different than what in the cartoon because they always had a half fire round like they need with waterbending. And I kind of thought they literally shoot it out of their hands. Like we can't just have a little effect like just pop out of your fist. You have like an actual torch nearby. Yeah, that's one thing I agree with you. Jumping to the end of the movie where for the majority of the movie, firebenders have to have a source of fire with them to bend the fire. And then suddenly, we'll jump to the end right now. Once the moon spirit is killed, Iroh is suddenly able to bend fire from himself. Like, the moon spirit doesn't really affect firebenders. So even for me, who defends this movie, I'm still just like, why does the moon spirit getting killed enable Iroh to be able to just bend fire from himself. We're, both of you were confused by that as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I think the correct term is Eero, but... <laughs> oh, you are correct, yes, Eero, <laughs> excuse me. It just killed me, like, in that moment where they, where um, Zhao or Zhou, I don't know how they say it in the movie, <laughs> but when he kills the fish, it just does, like, this super close up like kill bill shot of Eero and his eyes like turn right. red or something and all of a sudden it was just like major plot hole I'm like where, where does this come from are we gonna explain this or I don't know yeah I want to jump ahead a little bit in the film right now mm-hmm. there another I don't want to say plot hole but something that also really bugged me even the first few times I watched this movie was there is the storyline in the show where Fire Nation soldiers are taking over earthbending kingdoms and towns, and they're imprisoning different earthbenders. But the thing is, they're taking them to an island made of metal, so they can't bend. But the group is captured and taken to an earthbending prison where they are just trapped in a quarry. It is a solid earth ground. There is earth all surrounding them on the walls. And even when I watched this movie for the first few times, I was like, they're, they're earthbenders. 
they on earth they are literally standing <laughs> on their element why have they not fought back because as far as i could see there were only maybe two or three fire pits in that camp so they could easily have snuffed those out and taken out the firebenders where this is kind of one of the big bending problems i have with this movie specifically when they are deciding to fight back against the fire nation and it takes six earthbenders to lift up one rock the size of a basketball i picked up on that lot this time watching it around i know it's because i think i saw on instagram like a few weeks ago i saw that scene and i was like it takes six earthbenders to move one like itty bitty boulder i could throw that boulder myself right now my problem also with that scene was <laughs> as much as we know i'm probably the biggest guitar fan here guitar didn't give the big speech and it was ang and i said no this was not yeah. ang's moment yeah, this was guitar's moment i was i was just thinking that ain't right that ain't right that was guitar also moment. this is the only use of the boomerang in the entire movie we get one boomerang oh, wow. throw and one and one yip yip it. the entire movie. And that's it. Like I specifically I, I had my notepad mm. out and I was just like, oh I wonder when yip yip happens. Never happens in the beginning. It happens one time later when Ang leaves Katara and Sokka to go to the Northern Air Temple. And I was like, and it was and it's also in the background. So I was like, oh, if you weren't listening for yip yip, you weren't gonna hear it. Yeah, I didn't so hear anyway, <laughs> one thing that they do tease in this movie that I wish that they had explored more was we get a statue of Avatar Kyoshi, where a huge major difference from this movie to the show is the absence of Avatar Roku, where Avatar Roku is essentially Aang's guide throughout the entire first season on big decisions he should do. Like He is the reason Aang knows you have to master all four elements within a year or the fire Lord will kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And in this, he doesn't know that. Like we do not hear anything about Sozin's comet until the last three minutes of this movie, where it's the fire Lord talking to his daughter and that's it. We never get, there's no urge that for the Ang's team. There doesn't really seem to be any urgency him having to learn all four elements because they don't know that the fire lord is going to like there's a comet coming that the fire lord can use so just missing out on having avatar roku as his guide kind of really bugs me because we see a statue of avatar kyoshi so we know that there is the lore of avatars we see the statue room of all the past avatars so Elgin, do you really have a thought on why they might have just left out such a big plot point? Because they go, they're, I guess they're technically in Kyoshi because they see Avatar Kyoshi, mm-hmm. but we don't get the Warriors, we don't get Suki at all. So what was your opinion on them leaving out such a big storyline right there? Um, I kind of just took that as trying to cut corners to try to fit as much as they can in the movie. But also at the same time, I felt like the Roku character could have been represented as the dragon. But that confused me too, because I felt like when I was watching those scenes, it felt like the dragon could have been an antagonist towards Aang 
and then in some moments it felt like he was a protagonist so I was like what's going on here so I was really confused by by those scenes especially like the spirit world scenes so I'm like well what did it do in his endeavor to to go further into his goal and try to achieve it so those scenes were really just confusing to me so Elgin I have a question for you then I had this conversation Mm -hmm. with our producer Ryan last night so we have Suki who's a relatively small but pretty important plot point in the first season and we Mm -hmm. also have the blue spirit who only shows up for one episode in the first season but we do have the blue spirit breaking ang out of prison after zhao kidnaps him in the movie Mm -hmm. for you as a first-time viewer of this movie would you have rather seen suki and the kyoshi warriors appear in this movie or did you prefer having the blue spirit show up? Mm, I felt like that whole thing was kind of, it just felt useless because I felt like the whole end goal of that was for Zhao to recognize him as Zuko. And I felt like where was the indicator for that, for him to even notice that. Oh. So I felt like I would have wanted the Suki um, and the Kiyoshi Warriors in there. Right. I see where you're coming from there. I agree. I think in the show, it is more obvious when Zhao figures out that Zuko is the blue spirit because he boards mm-hmm. Zuko's ship, sees the swords that Zuko has on his wall, and Zhao is not an idiot. He's able to put two and two together. In the movie, it was kind of just like, oh, he stared at the face of the blue spirit and was just like, oh, it has to be Zuko. Uh, Gunner, as someone who has seen the show multiple times and has seen the movie before, would you have preferred having the Kyoshi Warriors or did you like the addition of having the blue spirit instead? For an unpopular opinion, we already know the Blue Spirit was not my favorite episode and definitely not a favorite <laughs> plot. I thought in ways it could have been done better or more of a plot reveal later. I definitely get the point of having Dougal be revealed at the end of the Blue Spirit episode. I almost was going to like stop myself because I keep thinking Elgin doesn't know anything, but he knows about the Blue Spirit. <laughs> I know. Season one, we're good on. We can talk about season one stuff now fully. Uh-huh. But that could have been a further plot reveal like into season two, three and everything instead of him knowing it. But right. I feel like the Kyoshi Warriors was a better scene of the Earth Kingdom culture. But I do get the point because that does progress it. But it's like you said, there was no reason for Zhao to suddenly think that was Zuko, especially going to right. the Fire Lord. There was no indication of it other than simply, I don't like that little kid. I'm going to blame him. I'm glad that you brought up the Fire Lord because that was going to be my next point. We never see Fire Lord Ozai in the first season especially elgin elgin you have no idea who the fire lord really is like what they've looked like there have been vague references to it so i'm going to point this to gunner gunner we don't see the fire lord in the show for a little bit so don't spoil anything right now but do you think it was a good addition to see the fire lord in this movie or do you think he could have been like a overarching villain like he is in the show and we don't see him for a while what is your opinion on that Honestly, it made Fire Lord. We we know the name of Ozai, right? You know the yeah, name. Yeah, we've known. Okay, we've I was known like, him, yeah. okay, I didn't want to say the name just because that was a foil. Uh, it added more mystery to his character. It added him more into simple monster because honestly, when we are revealed to his face, I think it's is it book two, book three. Is it revealed? Book I don't. Two, I don't think we see his face until book three. Oh, geez. Oh, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Book three. It. 
He almost is pretty. It almost looked that long? like yes. It almost like <laughs> yeah, LG, you, like you got a little bit to wait, bud. I know. <laughs> you almost are revealed a a piece of art to like the audience finally, and you think it's gonna be almost something ugly and it's pretty, and you're almost like, Whoa, that's what you look like. And seeing him already was almost it took so it takes away of that because you almost because it's almost like you're to see Zuko see him again for the first time in so many years. Right. Mm-hmm. So another question that I have for you, specifically you, Gunner, because you know more of the relationship between Zuko and Ozai. And in the show, it's very obvious it's a one-sided relationship. Zuko wants a relationship with his father. And even Elgin, you know at this point, Ozai could not care less what happens to his son. When he Mm -hmm. said, go capture the Avatar, it was pretty much just like, get out of here, go have an impossible mission. But specifically in this last rewatch that I noticed, it seems like any time Ozai was on screen, he was the one who went out of his way to mention Zuko. And it Mm -hmm. seemed like he was kind of interested and caring about what happened to him. Whereas in the show, we know (laughs) Ozai banished Zuko. He is on a fool's quest to capture the Avatar. And he does not care at all for Zuko. But here, it kind of seems like, I want you to win. Because specifically, when he's talking to Zhao, and he says to Zhao, for your sake, I hope my son doesn't find the Avatar. Because if he does, he would come back a hero and be your superior. So to me, that kind of reads like Ozai is caring about his son and his well-being. So Gunnar, I'm going to throw it to you. Do you like this change or do you think this is like me? I think this is a change that we did not need to see this. This completely changes the character of Ozai and a lot of Zuko's arc. So Gunnar, what are your opinions on that? Oh, do we want to see the big villain of the entire series look like a good father, a loving role model? No, he's never been. I just watched this this time and I know I didn't catch this. Well, probably when this movie came out, what was book two or book three even out yet? When the movie came out? Well, it was all, the show was completely done, yeah. Yes, thank you. So seeing that, I definitely probably have caught that when I first watched it. But watching this time, I said, was he protecting Zuko from Zhao? I was just thinking, yeah. do not play these fans. Make them think Ozai cared about his son. He did not. He, I was so, I was just watching and thinking, the disrespect they are doing to this father-son relationship that is so toxic and trying to act like he cares for a moment Oh, it just that 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 was gonna be my like point about the biggest difference. I said they did not try to make this look like a good, healthy relationship, did they? This is no, absolutely not. Yeah. And then I will give I'll give the movie credit for this one part where in the show it kind of seems like Zuko's past is kind of shady and hidden from the Fire Nation, whereas because it like most of Zuko's crew didn't in the in the show at least didn't realize why Zuko was banished. It took the episode The Storm for them to realize, oh, his father banished him. That's why he is the burn. But a good change I really liked in this movie was when Zuko and Iroh were in a just an earthbending village. They pull a Fire Nation child over, and Zuko says, what do you know about the prince? And this child gives us the entire backstory for Zuko. I actually really like that change because this is your royal family. Of course, you are going to know what happens with them 
like why suddenly his only son didn't or just completely disappeared so i really thought this was a good change for most of the fire nation to know zuko's history elgin do you agree or disagree with that i mean yeah i agree with that but also i did not like how that scene played out because i yeah. just don't like when people try to force these um little bits of information in in such obvious ways i feel like that could have been done better but i mean yeah i agree with that yeah so i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit um real quick i'm just gonna point out i do love the fact that they still had um zhao kill zuko i really do like how that played out Mm -hmm. how it was the same as in the show where the ship blows up even though there are no pirates Mm -hmm. but anyway we're gonna jump to the northern water tribe I mentioned this with Ryan last night, that in the show, we only get Yue for three episodes. And she and Sokka, I would say in total of those three episodes, she and Sokka talk for maybe less than 20 minutes. In the movie, I'll be generous. I think they maybe talk that much, but... For some reason, their relationship in this movie comes off as so much more stale and forced than it ever was in the show. And I really, the big reason I think that is the change is because in the show, they had Sokka interact with other people about Yue. Like they had him interact with her fiance, who we realized is a huge jerk, and he only was with her for the perks of being with the princess whereas in the show we get a voiceover saying uh the princess and my brother hit it off real quickly and became friends and they're kind of just seen with each other every so often and there's one throwaway line that ua says i've enjoyed our our conversations these past few weeks and i was just like wait you've been together for a few weeks at this point and i still feel like your relationship is this wooden like we saw them together for we saw them together for less time in the show and i still believe that relationship more gunner what are your opinions on their relationship in the movie uh hot take i actually thought they that's a new hot take um i felt more initial and i felt like we saw actual connection and sparks flying in the movie than in the show because watching this again rewatching our after show i felt like we see them go almost impulsively from meeting each other soka soka crushing on her not knowing how to like talk to her flirting with her her kissing him things going well can't do this and then the we're just friends we're hanging out and everything in the movie they rewrite that i felt that was much more of a almost natural okay we just met each other but we're gonna flirt and we have these moments talking to each other and right. have these really intimate moments and i felt that the movie actually had those moments of even if it's for our viewing point of view our viewage of okay you're on scene for all 20 minutes together before you guys kiss and it seems so deep in love that conversation mm-hmm. was obviously very intimate so at least for our perspective it was a for sure intimate moment for Sokka right. and ua in the show it wasn't to me. I know it's super. Elgin, I'm gonna get Elgin. in this group chat right now. I know I am. Yeah, Elgin, you are reacting very severely right now. What do you I'm think? Gonna... And guys in the chat, what do you think of their relationship as well? 
roast me. So I'm gonna try to make this as clear cut as possible, just so I can get my point point across. So the thing that made this whole relationship stale was I feel like there wasn't a catalyst for for the audience to root for this couple in the 10 yeah. to 20 minutes that they had. And I feel like in the animation yeah. uh, ver animated version, they had that uh, um, that obstacle of she has a fiance that she's about to marry. So it makes you want right. to fight for those two characters even more and, and even more so when you find out that the guy is like a, a douchebag. So with that not being in here and there really wasn't like a need for the audience to feel, you know, the whatever, like the, the need for them to be together, it just kind of made everything come across as still. It kind of made them feel like right. they were just friends. Like, so I feel like if they would have had that catalyst for, for things to, to start going well in the relationship, maybe it would have felt more real instead of still. Yeah, there's. I agree with you that the relationships in this movie are very quick and forced. And mm -hmm. the one scene that stood out to me the most right now was when Aang is in the Spirit Oasis and Katara is there defending him and Zuko shows up. And Katara says, you're the Fire Lord's son. And to me, from watching the show, I'm like, there have been 20 episodes they have interacted with Zuko so many times they know his name. Know and in the movie, they have only interacted in the first scene where Zuko comes to capture Aang. Where in the show, we care so much about their relationship together where, mm -hmm. oh my God, Zuko is still trying to capture Aang. What is happening? Whereas this, it's just like, the fight between Katara and Zuko doesn't mean as much because they've interacted one time. So it's a, Ooh, it's a big mess right there. Just, the production design on that, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this looks great. Yes. Uh, I did like that, but I really wanted more bending to come out of that, that scene. Because now that I got what I saw on the animated version in, in my head and in my memory, it was like, whoa, this is sick. Then to watch yeah. that, I'm like, if one plus one equals two, and two plus two equals four, what the hell was that? So I'm just yeah. like, I really wish we would have got something more from that. Right. So real quick, we're running out of time, guys, right now. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask your opinion right now. What is your big takeaway for how could you have made this movie not better, I don't want to say, but more faithful to the show? Gunner, we'll start with you. We don't take, we don't take that script of yours. We don't crumble it up. <laughs> we don't throw it away. And we'll make a whole new one. We'll start right now. We'll start right now. Uh, no. Film okay. crew. I will give, as much as we didn't like parts, I will say what they did do was accurate, that they did have proper scenes. They didn't make some new plot line that mm -hmm. they go to the Fire Nation first and they start by right. that. It wasn't like they were unloyal to the, the storyline. It just wasn't the accuracy that we would have wanted. So I think if they're going to, they should have gone more in detail of what were the major points. They should have had the, have mentioned those in commons, the solstice, have those moments, a better introduction to the spirit world, have Roku and progress that way. Like I said, probably, actually, I didn't say you could keep the loose spirit. I think that's more relevant than I like to give it credit for. And <laughs> done it that way. 
put Paku back in there. Lakatara beat him, and Lakatara beat Zuko. And give Paku a name. Yeah, uh, I said you didn't name him. You didn't let Katara get her butt kicked by you, but also hold her ground. You didn't find out that y'all were supposed to be related. You, I was just like, and also Katara, how badly she lost that fight against Zuko. That's what really pissed me off. It was such an yeah. easy, clean. Not I said, do not disrespect my girl like that. Do not. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Elgin, what were your opinions on how you think you could have kept this as a more faithful adaptation to the source material? Um, I think one of the main things that I saw almost immediately was that the character and the people weren't represented correctly um, in terms of ethnicity and race. I feel like I caught that like almost immediately. I'm like, this is this is what Zuko looks like in the animated series, right? Uh, like a couple of other people, and I feel like that could have went um, a little bit better. And also, I feel like in terms of this, less would have went more, uh, would have been more uh, in terms interesting. Of okay, cutting out some of those scenes, maybe not even making doing the whole entire book. Maybe they could have just did half the book and made it like an origin story of who this character oh. was and up until the point maybe oh, midway Good through point. the book. Yeah, so I feel like it could have been they could have really went the Harry Potter route um, by splitting up some of those books um, into yeah. different movies and I felt like they would have had a lot more traction and a lot more space to work because I feel like pacing was the main problem. And also, I would have okay. definitely changed a couple of those actors because I felt like with the right actors, they could have definitely manifested that goofiness. Elgin, and are you personally attacking me for being in this movie right uh, now? No, no, no. no, no, no I'm no, feeling no. very offended and attacked right here. <laughs> Eric, Eric, no. pl- Eric, you were the only good thing that happened. They the only good thing Eric. that happened. The only good thing. But, I think, uh, I think you guys both give... Yeah, I think you guys go, both give really good points. I think if I were to make this a more faithful th- uh, adaptation, I probably would have gotten rid of the blue spirit and included more mentions of the spirit of the spirit world. I would have had Roku show up so there was more connection later on because Elgin, this isn't a spoiler. Roku shows up in book two. Shocker. But... <laughs> I would have loved to have had Roku show up to guide Aang in this movie and then show up again in the next movie as well. So I really do think I would have Mm -hmm. replaced the blue spirit and just included more of the spirit world and just some more of the past Avatar's incarnations so Aang can have more people to talk to. Yeah, so that's really how I would have kept this more faithful. So real quick, before we wrap up our final talks and the opinions of this movie, Gunnar and Elgin, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Did we get bingo? Oh, son of a! I swear, I swear. Are we actually this... doing a bingo? Did if we this... get bingo? I specifically did a bingo board, and I texted Ryan saying, "Hey, <laughs> I'm surprising these two with a bingo board tonight, so, so wait, I'm going to send our, it to you our, in a few minutes." It's not our normal bingo. It's the same bingo board. I will tell I... you guys this: I did not include new characters new animals because there is nobody new to this movie that we have not met before so i'll give those to you guys so with that information did we get bingo i swear if our first bingo 
I, I what's gone last week. We got no, no, we, we got, got bingo. bingo last. Okay. We got bingo That's for the season. The last two episodes, Thank yeah. Thank goodness. Okay, I thought I'd say if this is our first bingo of our after show, I'm gonna lose it. So <laughs> I can live with that. We did get bingo on episodes 19 and 20, but did we get bingo for the live action movie, guys? I'm gonna say yeah. There's oh, no way. way that did There's only reason you brought this up then. As much uh, as they you don't know that. Here, I'm <laughs> telling you. There are so many blank spaces on this board. Like, Roku are doesn't happen. We joking. don't have Katara talk about her mother, but we did get bingo, oh, guys. I know. They did I, not. I, I know it. We did get bingo. We finally... Boomerang you. Yes, because, uh, Gunner, I don't know if you realize this, but in the last two episodes of the actual show, Zuko never mentions his honor once. But in the movie... We get him mentioning his honor, uh, giving there. us a bingo board. Guys, I we actually got bingo for this. With our bingo for this, we had, uh, excuse me, we had water bending. We had Zuko talking about his honor. We did have a free space, so that was a little bit of a gimme. We had the one use of boomerang, and we had air bending. We, we were close with getting a couple other things, but. Iroh doesn't drink tea. She drinks tea once in this movie. The bison whistle is never used. Roku doesn't show up. And no cabbages. Katara, no cabbage man. We would have been <laughs> so close with the top line if we had a cabbage man. And Katara's mother is mentioned once offhand, but just saying, like, I, th- I think she mentions her once, and that's it. So, I, mm. but guys, we did get bingo. Again, two times in a row, guys. Good for us. Elgin's face is all I gotta say. Elgin's face is all I gotta I'm say good. about this. So you know, let's just. <laughs> let's, I'm I'm done. I'm good. I'm good for this. All right. Well, so we're running out of time here, guys. So thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in to this very special episode for us. We will be back this Monday, regular time, as always, talking about episodes one and two of book two. Again, Elgin is still going to be our newbie for this show. So we're still going to have new opinions. We're still not going to spoil anything that comes later. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. Gunner, where can people find you online to keep the conversation going? Thank you all so much for tuning in with us. Make sure you can find me on all social medias at TheGunnerThomas. And make sure you hit up our hashtag, at hashtag SozinsComments, S-O-Z-I-N-S-C-O-M-M-E-N-T. I practice, guys. Yes, and guys, if you want your thoughts on this movie shouted out next week, leave them in the comments below. Put them in a five-star rating for us on iTunes, and we will read them out next week. Elgin, where can people find you to keep your conversation going with you? You guys can find me not keeping a conversation on this movie no, this is <laughs> on this Instagram is done. and on Twitter at Elgin <laughs> underscore ball. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, Elgin is completely checked out. He will only talk with you about season one of this show. And guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at EricJewel11. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to AfterBuzz, the ESPN of TV talk. We will see you guys next week to continue our TV rewatch. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.